what? <laughs> Noah, everyone stop grabbing your chitties, okay? <laughs> We're talking about Boba Fett. Start your sublight engines. It's time for Rupalp's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos and the final episode of our journey to the Book of Boba Fett series. <laughs> yes, it's our Boba Fett special. I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week is <laughs> Lucky Charms, except when I refer to Lucky, I'm talking about Boba Fett. Because if you all remember in the Clone Wars, when he's pretending to be uh, one of the cadets and just like another clone, he um, takes on the nickname Lucky. So I like the idea of Boba Fett in a leprechaun costume. And he like <laughs> I was just on a thinking- pot of gold. I was just thinking about, yeah, putting him on like a cereal box too. <laughs> I should do I that. I should just Boba Photoshop. I'd buy I should that. just Photoshop um, Boba Fett onto Lucky Charms, but unfortunately it would have to be like child Boba. Maybe and I don't his... want to use Woba from Clone Wars. Maybe so. that's his new his new business in the book of Boba Fett is he's like, we're gonna we're gonna become a serial conglomerate. Okay, okay, <laughs> pause. You have now described a serial succession Boba Fett AU. <laughs> Hi, my name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at GrunkleRex. Um, and my gender this week is Return of the Poncho and Book of Boba Fett. Um, so true, bestie. That'd be powerful. He had that fun little green poncho in, in Clone Wars and it disappeared. Yeah. He had his pajamas on in the trailer. Those are not his pajamas. Speaking of, hi, I'm Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. And my gender this week is, should I wash my undersuit Boba Fett? (laughs) 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 I think now, like, you know, he's gone through it. He was in the Sarlacc pit, all that, whatever. We saw his little jammies in the, in the (laughs) train. I'm very fond of Boba Fett. Beat up flight suit. His 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 jammies, but I feel like when he was a teenager, like trying to figure out like when he should wash. Like I feel like it was rough for him. He was alone. He had to figure out all of this. It was like it was like, sir. There's. I like the idea that when he is with the cadets and he's like, they don't like me, and they're like, no, you just smell like shit because you haven't showered in four days. The idea, the idea, or singing them don't let him shower. Aura Singh is like, I don't really give a shit about what you're doing. Just like put some Axe body spray on and move on. So he just just smells like absolute garbage. Rancid 24-7. My name is Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at The Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is the upcoming remake of the popular 2004 movie starring Tamawara Morrison alongside Tina Fey, Rachel McAdams, Amanda Seyfried, and Lacey Schaubert, Green Girls. I'm going to kill you. That joke took a mile to get to, but I'm so proud of it. (laughs) For fear of of sounding like a a clown, why is it green? Because it's his armor. I would like to note that in the cast they listed, Tem is replacing Lindsay Lohan. As he should. And I should note, the plot of this movie is the same. I just think that it'd be very funny if Boba Fett became a plastic. That's all. That's my gender this week. <laughs> and I need you to know that I thought about that like two and a half hours ago and I was like, I can't not do this joke. He's like, on Wednesdays, we wear green. <laughs> no, that will same, be us for, Bo- for Book of Boba Fett. 
<gasps> oh my god yeah let's I just, just start that trending on wednesdays we wear green during Wait, book the, of boba fett the plastics are the plastics are boba fennec and din <laughs> No. In, okay, if this metaphor, I mean, my joke was it maintained the original casting plus or minus um, Lindsay Lohan. However, if we're going no, to a snake roll, there's no reality. Like, Din Djarin is not Katie Heron. Like, no, leave him alone. They like him. <laughs> I was gonna he's say he's naturally pretty, like... but like he's not. He's not one of the plastics. He can't be. Wouldn't he's they Janice be like him. Yeah, Janice and like Damien. <laughs> Din is the one my my dad invented the pop tart. Din does not have memories of his father. Okay, but he had he he grew up in his covert with people. Dad is not. Boba doesn't have a father. No, no, no. Okay, I think it would make more sense for Din and Fennec to be Janice and Damien. Yes. Oh my god. Obviously, Janice is Fennec. Damien is Din. Um, I don't know who the plastics would necessarily be. Maybe Kira. Kira, oh my okay, god. Kira, Omega, Kira and then Kira Mall and Omega. Those are the okay, It's Mall in a Party City blonde wig. And he goes, and someone's like, is your hair a wig? And he's like, how fucking dare you ask me that? His hair's so big because it's full of secrets. For the poor people who this is your first episode, having the first five minutes. Girly, why is this your first episode? Because they're watching Book of Boba Fett. Because we're an after show. We were an after show by trade, and then the Bad Batch ended and we became something worse. Yeah, then we became a book club. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Rue Palp's Pod Race. We're a queer Star Wars podcast. I don't know how much of that conversation is going to get into the episode because it was a little bit of like a five minute tangent. Wherein we just kind of shat the bed. It was funny. Don't get me wrong. It's also normal. Anyways, we're a queer Star Wars podcast, which means we get off the rails pretty fucking quickly. Um, With Book of Boba Fett coming up, we're talking about the gentleman. Um, And in this episode specifically, we're getting into the the Boba lore. Instead of Mandalore, it's Boba lore. (laughs) I like, I like, man, I like Boba Fett gets, he's like, I have so much money, I'm going to buy the planet of Mandalore and get it renamed Boba Lore because Bo-Katan talked shit at me once. Wait, what and if And then that's, I, what if I will the be plot? the Boba Lore. What if that's the plot, is that he's like, I don't need the Darksaber, I can just buy it with money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like the idea of, like, Bo-Katan has been obsessed with, like, this idea of, like, having the Darksaber and that is, like, what's going to, like, reunite Mandalore. Boba hires an economist and is like hey guys what if mandalore just kind of like got infrastructure what if that's how corky kenobi can still win maybe he's maybe economist he went to corky? For... yeah maybe he he's an accountant an econ major. quite literally is like account- i am an accountant <laughs> i am also okay because here's my thing i love the idea of bo katan like she she successfully somehow gets the dark saber She's like ready to go to Mandalore. She gets there and she's like, I'm here to you. And there's a billboard of Boba's face. It's like, join the new Mandalore. And it like, like she gets there and she's like, what the fuck is this? He's like, I bought it. I bought this. <laughs> I, I legally, I own this planet. And she's like, no, I rule it. I have the dark saber. He's like, cool. I have the deed, um, which the galaxy actually recognizes instead of your fun little light show. So if you were to like, maybe piss the fuck off. <laughs> Like, I love that being the resolution. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I just want to, like, I united Mandalore. And he's like, yeah, but you were a clone racist to me. So I don't really want you here. <laughs> not, Ollie's not here to defend Bo-Katan. Period. Anyways, today's episode's going to be about Boba Fett and his kind of 
history, uh, kind of a, a fun little precursor to the show, The Book of Boba Fett, which comes out on Wednesday. We want like an accessible point for viewers who might not be deep in the shits in the same way that we are of Star Wars, um, for them to learn a little bit, to have a little idea of who Boba Fett is. And of course, I don't know how much of this played into Tem's portrayal of Boba. I, I would like to think that there is some level, but I do believe there's an interview where Tem is like, I love that there's other information about Boba Fett. I'm gonna do my own thing. <laughs> Good for him. The goal of this is we're just gonna do like a chronological little rundown of this man's life and times, which I feel of all the Star Wars characters, fortunately his canon timeline is not very convoluted. We actually know where he was for most of it. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a little rundown. We're going to discuss, we're going to have some moments with our favorite, um, helmet wearing hunk of a man that I, for one, am in love with. That's all. Same. Who isn't? POV, <laughs> Jess and I joined a V-shaped polycule with <laughs> Fun fact, this podcast talks about polycules at least once. We're legally required once Actually, an episode. Actually, my if, contract. if this is your introduction to our podcast, number one, I'm so sorry because our fifth host, Ollie, isn't here. Number two, as a quick rundown, if someone had to make a bingo card, and people have, of our podcast, what are the things that we won't shut the fuck up about? Boba. Polycules. Succession. Polycules. Fascism. <laughs> Thrawn. The High Republic. I think a lot about Elzar Man. He's so very true. Sexy. Anyways, let's get into it. Claudia, would okay. you like to start us off? Yeah. So obviously, the first time we see him is in the original trilogy, but the first time we're going chronologically in universe. So the first time we see him is in Attack of the Clones. Um, and there's actually, it's pretty straightforward. We're going canon, not legends. It's pretty straightforward. We see him as a little baby boy. He's very adorable. And I talked about this last episode, I think, but I do love when we first meet him with Django, we actually see, I want to say the first canonical appearance of someone speaking Mandoa on screen, which is very funky and fresh. But yeah, so he, he speaks briefly to him and Mandoa and we see him, um, when Obi-Wan is like, what's this little clone army here in Attack of the Clones? Um, and he meets Django and Django's like, welcome to my little apartment. This is my son. <laughs> and it's honestly, when you watch it, when you watch Attack of the Clones, like after a long time and you rewatch it, whatever, it is just comically funny because they're going through all this exposition and they're like, yeah, like you ordered this army and there's all these clones or whatever. So anyway, here's this man and his apartment and child and you're like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> it does. And he's like, and, and they're very like, they're very loving with each other. You don't even like see it for very long. And that, and we talked about this last episode, but that's also because like, Tim like went out of his way to make sure that 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 they had that rapport following that of course finding out oh shit there's a Jedi here he's like we gotta go and then our favorite quote from Boba, young Boba yup <laughs> well this is also where we see the um where uh Django says uh you know I'm just a simple man making my way through the galaxy being like Sure, Jan, you know who the fuck I am. I'm the baddest bitch around, which Boba then um, quotes in The Mandalorian when he's like, I'm just a simple man, make my way through the galaxy. Anyway, I'm about to make myself cry. I would also say um, as a as a homosexual supporter, um, that scene where Django and Obi-Wan meet is one of like my Ooh. gay awakening scenes. Because they just sort of like lock eyes and look at each other and it's very homoerotic. I will also say... I'm very enchanted by the idea 
of the clone army being a DoorDash order that the Jedi Order simply forgot about. Because Obi-Wan gets there and they're like, you ordered these. And he's like, I did not. And they're like, okay, well, someone used your credit card to order these. Sifo Dias hacked into your account and ordered they, the cards. The Kaminoans call him and they're like, are these your credit card charges? One of my favorite things about um, that scene in, in Attack of the Clones where Django and Boba are introduced, to be fair, this is more of a Django moment. I can't remember if if Tem actually said this or this is a joke that we have had. That's how blurred these lines have become in my brain. Um, of Django like comes out of like the bathroom like like rubbing his hands and I feel like I saw an interview where Tim was like yeah I just pretend like Django is just taking a huge shit no that's real that's that is real. a real interview <laughs> yes that is a real interview there is also a gift that I'm particularly fond of there are two one of them there are three I lied I just think a lot about this scene in Attack of the Clones um one of them is that Django or Tem while walking does miss and fall off of the set <laughs> onto the ground another one is that he does perform singing in the rain because the scene outside is raining and he has a rainbow umbrella and the best one is where they're i don't know what they're doing where this image was created but ewan mcgregor jumps off of a trampoline and crotch slams jango fett like like ewan mcgregor's crotch is in jango fett's face and they just fall over and i don't know what that is but i'm going Uh, to find it there's also that like gif of ewan mcgregor kissing like (laughs) To, to yes, on the cheeks. It's very important to me. He well, okay. Ewan McGregor was kissing everybody then, because he also just ki- kissed Hayden Christensen on the yeah. mouth on a red carpet. <laughs> Listen, it's a like, cultural s- thing. <laughs> Not a cultural thing. No, it was for literally both of them. It's a cultural thing. Kisses. <laughs> I'm not that's for Hayden Christensen. For Ewan McGregor. He's European. He's Scottish. The other part of this is also this is also our first canonical appearance of well, obviously other than. Boba in the original trilogy. This is also kind of like the first time that it's addressed that like Biscar is like important because you see like a flash of his of his Biscar, which like if you know, if if you know the 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 bounty hunter, the criminal underworld, like you'd be able to recognize him by his armor. He's very recognizable. He's very well known, and so he he has it hidden, and I I believe he has it hidden away, and we we see a flash of it and. Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. Obi Wan sees the armor, and that's how he's like, oh, "What's all this then?" And I, I just love also that Django's armor is silver, much like Din's armor. It's like poetry rhymes, love. Anyways, there is also one very important plot point in Attack of the Clones that happens to Boba. Oh, we were gonna, I was gonna get there. Yeah, his dad enters his Marie Antoinette era. <laughs> no. <laughs> to say like that him and him and uh Django and obi-wan have this very homoerotic fight in the rain which i will think about for the rest of my life and um and like the thing is like boba and Django, like they're clearly like prepared for something like this to happen he's like boba like you know you know what to do like let's go bestie um and they're they're very prepared for this um they also have the little scene where they're they're flying together and he's like He's like, okay, make sure you're clipped in. He's like, okay, dad. And it's like, it's very cute. And it's also very much like, um, it's very much like Din with Grogu. And it does make me cry. Then, yes, uh, we do find out that Django has been hanging out with Dooku and the Separatists. And he is on Geonosis at the same time as Anakin and Padme and eventually Obi-Wan. And then uh, he does pass on. 
because Mace Windu uh, gets him because Mace Windu is a badass motherfucker. I I love him very much. Um, and then uh, we do we do see Boba Fett's defining moment, which is him like holding the helmet, uh, giving it a Keldabe kiss, um, and. It's it's a kind of a crazy moment also because like there's so much plot happening and there's so much happening around and like Boba's not that big of a character and neither is Django but they take this one moment to be like yeah this is this man's like main character moment but he's not the main character here so uh he's about to go on a journey that we're not going to we're not going to look at anyway back to everybody else and you're like wait a minute huh uh, you're like damn that was crazy so i and i guess and now he will be the main character which is kind of cool I every time that happens though, my first thought is always, okay, but his 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 dad's like dead head is in the helmet. That's kind of that's kind of gross. No, I think they edited it so you can like kind of see it like fly out, but it's like really quick. <laughs> I do believe it do bounce away. Yeah, yeah. Um, the helmet I, and the head did separate. Yeah, because there is also a. I I thought the same thing because when I was much much younger and I watched the movie, I was like, is it gonna fall out? Like, is he going to be, like, having this moment and then it's just going to go, like, thunk? The thing that I liked about this moment in general is the prequels are full of these, like, weirdly really good shots that have become iconic since then, which is funny because Attack of the Clones is first and foremost a camp comedy. But then that moment is, like, actually very sad. And I'm interested to see how it comes back up when Book of Boba is, like, its own show uh, because there's already some symbolism of that in the trailer um, that I'm interested about. Helmets are a thing. I'm excited to see what they do with that. Uh, Well, and also, I mean, this establishes his, like, hatred for the Jedi. Um, You guys will talk about this when we get into him later, whatever, but he just, I don't know if he has a really specific, you know, death wish for Mace Windu, uh, kind of. I think he's just like, yep. I'm I'm a pissed teenager for like the rest of whatever. He's not like Maul where he's like I have one focus. I, um, I would actually argue he does have one focus, and it is one Mace Windu. But but like it does become a resentment towards the Jedi because of yeah, what happens. But it's 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 which is why I I love how he has the same arc as Maul of like the hatings one single Jedi so much to creating a criminal MLM pipeline. Um, <laughs> and um, here's my thing, as many people have been saying, Mace Windu has always been one of those characters where we didn't see that bitch die. We saw him fall. We did not see him die. And much like Boba, we thought he was dead, and he's not. So Mace Windu should come back in uh, the Book of Boba Fett, and we should, or at least we should see him have to deal with what that means. And also, we've already seen him ally with someone to help a Jedi, to help Grogu. Um, so clearly, some things have changed in his life. So I just think it would be neat if Mace Windu survived. Also, that would be that would be a crazier bait and switch than them putting Luke Skywalker in, in the Mandalorian. If they were like, surprise, Mace Windu is alive and Boba's going to face off against him. I think that would be fucking crazy. <laughs> I love the idea of Mace just being around. I mean, I do, I believe that in last epi- last week's episode, I brought up, he was one of the multiple apologetic ice cream cakes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was. It, there was one that was like, sorry, I fucked your dad. And he had one that said, sorry, I murdered your dad. Funny enough, we, we've been talking about Mace Windu. Um, Boba's story kind of goes buck wild uh, after Attack of the Clones. Um, he 
comes into the the wardship of one Aura Singh, who is a bounty hunter, um, and she is maybe the worst person they could have, like, who could have gone and decided, like, hey, I'll take care of this child. Oh my god, he enters his Matilda era! Basically, Boba Fett okay. is Matilda, Matilda if Matilda went into the uh, prison industrial complex. Botilda? Botilda? Not Botilda! Book of- <gasps> Book of Boba Fett is literally a book. Basically, Aura Singh, Boba becomes her ward, and she is maybe the worst person for him to have gone with. Do we know how he becomes her um, ward? Basically, like- she knew Django, and Boba was like, "Hey, can so- <laughs> hey, can anyone pick me up?" I'm sure that there's lore about this. I unfortunately don't know that lore because I just didn't look it up because I was doing the Clone Wars parts of Boba's life. Anyways, he is um, under Aura's care, and she really fosters this idea of him getting um, vengeance on um, one Mace Windu. Uh, and it's really funny, one of the, um, Clone Wars episodes, like, you know how the Clone Wars episodes, um, always start with, like, a quote? One of them started with, revenge is a confession of pain. And I think that is very much so reflective of kind of, like, what's going on, um, internally with Boba. He doesn't have this, like, he's not processing his trauma in a healthy way. So he's going after Mace Windu. He goes undercover as a clone cadet um, on a ship that Mace is on um, and bombs it. <laughs> and he ends up like having this strange moment of like having to face the clones as people um, because he was kind of cloistered off from them. He was not raised with them. He was raised as Bo- as Jango's son and not as a clone. He's having like this moment of like cognitive dissonance where he's like, wait, what the fuck? And there's a quote in, in the episode um, where he's infiltrating the this um, group of young cadets where their trainer says, and it is in this moment when you are no longer a cadet, you are a soldier. No one can train you for the moment you look death in the eyes. What you do then and the soldier you will become, that is up to you. And I feel like this is really like a turning point moment in Boba's life where he has to make the choice. His father is dead. What path is he going to take? And because of the people his supports around him, he chooses the wrong and bad thing where he's like, actually, I'm going to be fucked up and evil. I, okay, as someone who is fascinated by vengeance as a plot line and who thinks a lot about God of War 4 because it is a wonderful game that does have this problem, but there's a scene where Kratos, a character largely defined by murdering people to make his problems go away, looks at, at a much young, spoilers for God of War 4, I guess, um, but looks at a much younger man and he just goes, this path you walk, vengeance, it will bring you no peace, this I know. And I'm like, that's a very fascinating character journey to go through. And I think it's really interesting, or it's going to be at least to see where that, where Boba is with that now, like in the book of Boba Fett, because um, his path of vengeance quite literally gets him eaten. Like it, it brings him to a very, very bad place. And I'm really curious to see how that plays into his driving motivations in the show. Well, I don't know if it gets him eaten specifically because by the time he's working for the Empire, he's just like, I'm just trying to get money. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to. <laughs> yeah, but like the the person he becomes as uh, a yeah, result of his yeah. revenge-seeking lifestyle does get him to the Sarlacc. to me is, again, I'm going to compare to Maul in that it's it's very similar in that Maul goes on this whole like crime girl boss journey because he started out with vengeance and for a while he did think Kenobi was dead 
and becomes this other person. And what's going to be really interesting for me is the contrast between Maul, who never changed. Even in his last moment, he he doesn't get it. And Boba, who has al- is already on a path of changing, is going to be so interesting for me because they're so similar. Um, but I like this scene not only because it, it's just reflective of the early, how good the early seasons of the Clone Wars are and how underrated they are. Because th- that is not just a good moment for Boba. That's a very good moment for the clones in general. Like, that's a very good characterization moment of, like, what is it, is it uh, like to be a soldier for them? Um, it's just in general a good part of the Clone Wars. But I really hope that they go, like... This is a main reason why I hope they have clones of some kind, whether it's in a flashback or old clones that come up or something or his relationship with clones in the Book of Boba Fett as a parallel to this or to expand on this because it's like, okay, this is how he felt about it then and he hesitated and he was like, he hesitated and it was, it was jarring for him and what is it like for him now? After all the things he's seen happen to people with his face, after his different relationship, now he's outlived his own father. Um, what what is the difference? I think that would be very good to to examine. I, these episodes of the Clone Wars, I forgot how truly like they are really important character beats for Boba because he has one for one an interaction with the clones and like having to kind of examine that, but also because we see we see him examine the path that he could and should take, right? And this is something I realized while rewatching the episodes. Hey guys, I do think Hondo Onaka was the first person to tell Bubba he was sorry about his dad dying. Um, so <laughs> there's that. This is gonna just, this is gonna make me upset about Hondo, like Hondo, cause ha- like Hondo having his like, I'm so proud of Ezra moment later, like Hondo, Hondo, He's... Hondo being uncle culture is just- Literally, literally. Oh. I am also, um, the, I do like that the, if, if I were to argue a central thesis of Star Wars, it's that revenge is not only, um, unproductive, it is just, it's a destructive thing. Um, but I, the idea that Hondo is the first person to ever be like, Hey, I'm sorry that your dad, who was the only most important person in your life has died. Um, because like, that's a humanizing moment because up to that point, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's been Aura Singh being like, you should kill people because they murdered your father. And like, that's not actually acknowledging um, what happens to a person when someone that close to them dies. And it doesn't acknowledge the fact that death of the person who caused that doesn't bring you any peace. Honestly, that's, that's part of the reason why I think it'd be more impactful uh, for Boba to learn of like Mace's demise and then be like, this has brought me nothing. Like he's, this has brought me nothing. I agree. Um. So yeah, Hondo is like the first, because there's just a look that you see on Boba's face as Hondo is like, your father was like such an honorable guy. Like I am like so sorry about this. Um. As casual and cavalier as Hondo Onaka is because he's just a little pirate guy. But you see that that has an effect on Boba and that also has an effect later in life as Boba be- as Boba gets then later in that same episode abandoned by Aura Singh uh, because she's a selfish bitch. Sorry, I don't like Aura Singh. Can you tell? Oh, fuck her. Fuck Aura Does Singh. anybody, is there, are there Aura Singh stands? I mean, I guess, are, are, I guess Ariana Grande there, fans are going to be upset. Ariana, Arianators. No, stop. There was a prompt on Twitter of like, are, like 
what what character is just a character that you like hate like you feel disgust for when you see on screen and immediately uh, like Aura Singh is that character like there's nothing redeemable about her I hope she fucking goes to hell yeah I'm just saying Aura quite literally looked at him and went thank you next oh I I was when you said that part about learning about Mace's demise would also be very impactful again not to compare it to Maul or anything but like when Maul's like, oh, Obi-Wan's dead, and he has to deal with that, and then of course he finds out he's not dead, but whatever. It, it's it's similar, but then I forgot a better person to actually compare Boba to, and I, I am sure, and this is probably what they wanted to do with the, the Boba Fett arc that never got to be made, is, uh, is Boba to Ventress, because Ventress has this arc of revenge did not bring me peace. Obviously she doesn't get to... She doesn't get to live un- to see Dooku dead. But, like, revenge doesn't bring me peace. You know, she she kind of goes through all the stages of, like, I'm going to try and seek revenge. Okay, that failed. I'm going to try and go my own way, get power. That's not going to work. Okay, I'm just going to, like, be a girl boss and be a freelancer. Okay, that's not good either. So I guess I'll be a good person. I feel like that is more actually more going to be what uh, Boba's arc. I agree completely. So basically that all happens. Aura abandons Boba. Boba gets basically, you know, pinned. I think it's Boba and Boss get to go to prison uh, together, which kind of, kind of pause. Hey, hey, Jedi Order, why are we incarcerating a 13 year old trying him as an adult? That's not the the coolest thing you could have done. Um, and this was something shout that- Shout out to the Republic. Yeah, shout out to the Republic. Girl, Lita Call so me a whatever. separatist. Actually, Lita so does <laughs> they really. So. They really were like, oh, sorry. Like, yeah, we did kill your dad. But also, we're sending you to prison because you did, like, uh, blow up a whole ship. So goodbye, kid. Also, this was something I had to kind of pause and think about. Um... Because I was like, what the fuck? And maybe because of how I watched that, maybe I wasn't paying enough attention while rewatching the episode. There's a moment between Mace and Boba before Boba goes to goes to prison. Um, and Mace doesn't express to, to Boba in any way, shape, or form, like, hey, sorry, I killed your dad. He's just like, you're going to prison. You're done, is basically what he's like. <laughs> Not you're done! <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I think is very reflective of, like, the Jedi Order of the time. And, like... I am a Mace Windu apologist. I don't think he's really ever done anything wrong in his life besides this moment because, like, I think... I, I And I think this is just, like, a, a failing of the, the prequel Jedi of, like, not having the compassion to people who have done wrong. Um, they lose a lot of that because of the war. And so Mace not showing that regret to Boba, I think, really shapes him into the person he is... T- becomes um that and then also like you know hondo and others especially like plo Koon, being like hey it's fucked what's happening right now it's does, no good but actually does mace windu know that that is his i mean he he does he know that that's his son he does like so i'm positive. sure he would know they have, they have physically met they they meet in attack of the clones uh and i do believe that they refer to him in that Clone Wars episode like they're like Mace this is Boba Fett he's going to jail yeah. so no there's a scene where know. there's a scene where Mace and Anakin Mace is basically to Anakin he expresses he's like yeah I did kill that kid's dad like basically in front of him and it's like Ew. yeah but not saying it to Boba 
is one of the greatest failings of the Jedi of the prequel era. I think I get this because of the comparisons, not there are the juxtaposition with Jedi from the High Republic. The Jedi of the Clone Wars, no matter how much you like any of them, are dispassionate people. They are not, their compassion is not their guiding emotion for literally, I would argue, a single one of them because the world that they live in necessitates they don't behave that way. And so they're clouded. Even, yeah, and their their connection to the light side of the force is completely clouded by the fact that they have entered a war, which um, in the High Republic thematically is something that's actually presented a lot of like the Jedi are like, we cannot side with the Republic because we're not a political entity. That's not what we do. They, they're forced to by some circumstances, but like their principle is not to do that. So the Jedi of the Clone Wars, um, they cannot be as compassionate as Jedi are supposed to be. And even when they have moments of compassion, I would honestly argue that those are the outliers because they are, they're generals first and then they are Jedi second. That's sort of what's happening there. Like you have a handful of them that behave differently. Like, yeah, Mel just pointed out like Plo Koon, is he toes the line of that probably because he's been around for a lot longer. So he's like, wait a minute. Um, but like, I don't think that Mace, I don't think that when Mace kills Django, he's like, that was weird for me. Like he, he did that. That was a thing he wanted to do. And I think that his yeah. lack of compassion towards Boba, it, it tracks. He didn't like Django. I doubt that he'd have any compassion for his son. It wasn't that he didn't like Django. It was just self-defense to be fair. Like, which is, perfectly normal and i don't think that he would have any guilt there okay so i'm gonna go quick go over the the rest of clone wars boba and i i don't there's not a whole lot of that in between period um like after the clone wars and before the the ot um maybe in the bounty hunters comics i didn't get into that but basically he's in jail he has an interaction with obi-wan when obi-wan is rackle hardine um they get into a little tussle the girls are fighting, you know, whatever. Woba. Woba, yeah. Unfortunately, fortunately, Boba, and I mean, all of the clones are very whitewashed um, in the Clone Wars television show. Um, unwhitewashed, the Bad Batch, obviously. Anyways, so that happens. And then finally, the kind of place where we leave Boba in the Clone Wars and also in Dark Disciple, which is uh, the book that takes place during the Clone Wars featuring um, Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss. Boba creates this little group. I believe it's called the Crates Claw. Um, it's just a little group of bounty hunters who are working together. Uh, Bosk is there. I think Lots Razi's there. And like a few other people are there. But at one point, Asajj Ventress comes, rolls up, and is like, first of all, she does not introduce herself. She is just like, I am here. And they're like, cool. Uh, let's do this mission. And the mission is not great. It's basically trafficking a person. Uh, they don't realize that until it's they're pretty far into it. Uh, it's Asajj who sees that they're basically bringing this bride who does not want to be a bride to this place. And so Asajj, because she's... Isn't she like a child bride too? Yes. Um, so Asajj making... It's also fun fact. I believe this is episode 420, if I'm not mistaken. So There's a lot funny. to unpack there. <laughs> I do think, anyways, they um, they aired child tra- they aired child marriage trafficking on Cartoon Network. <laughs> anyways, um, so Ventress is like, "Fuck that!" Actually, that's no no good because Asajj is having kind of this, you know, moral upheaval. Um, because she's a feminist, okay? She's like, a feminist. <laughs> she's a girl boss. Um, 
And so she frees her and Boba's like, what the, what the fuck did you just do that for? Hello? Um, and then Asajj, like a high school bully, shoves Boba into the chest that the girl was in and delivers the, the chest to the people it's and then just leaves funny. him. And then just leaves him. And then in Dark Disciple, they interact again after that. And Boba's like, hey, it's kind of fucked up that you did that. And she's like, it's kind of fucked up that you did that in the first place. And he's like, damn, you're right. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, you got to go kill Count Dooku? Okay, idiot. Um, <laughs> so that's basically where we end off with Boba. Um, and then some, uh, some 20-some years pass. And Jess, what's Boba up to in the original trilogy? I want to preface this where I have to inform you all that I did only read all the Wookiee stuff now. And I am just talking about Wookiee because I've not read any of the Star Wars Bounty Hunters comics. The only Star Wars comics I've read are Thrawn and War of the Bounty Hunters. Boba after the events of like his Woba era in like the Clone Wars and like his little brief appearance in Dark Disciple, I guess is like you know young adult being a a bounty hunter he goes on a little mission with like with some some pals valence is one i know someone called lash that i'm forgetting their first name and it's like uh the mission goes bad this is like a mission on like corellia or something and i just know it goes bad from what i remember reading on the wiki and so Boba's reputation as a bounty hunter does get tarnished a bit because of that. He enters and, his uh, reputation era? Stop. <laughs> stop. And uh, he, because of that, like, does not like this last person because he's just, <laughs> I think he blames them. I, like I said, I have not read the, the Star Wars bounty hunter comic, so uh, don't quote me on this. <laughs> And then after that, he starts working for uh, Jabba the Hutt. You know, he starts working for the Huts. And at this point, it's been a couple years later. He, I think, has rebuilt his reputation by this point. And it's just like, yeah, I'm working for the Huts. I'm one of Jabba's best bounty hunters. And Vader actually shows up. By this point, this is like after A New Hope. And Vader shows up and needs like Jabba to like give him like two of his like best people for uh, some jobs one of them is a black Wookiee that I'm forgetting their name to and he's sent on a different mission but Boba is sent on a mission uh, that has to deal with the two little droids that were on Tatooine <laughs> before so he goes on this little mission to find out about what happened with these droids and like and Han Solo and Luke basically but he he doesn't like um really know he goes on a lot of freaking killing sprees to be honest so boba is like looking for information about what happened to these droids and he finds the the burnt moisture farm that belonged to you know baru and owen and they're like oh yeah like the two moisture farmers who used to live here but then boba does some more digging and finds out there was actually three people who live there and he's just like hmm the third person must have been the person who got away with the droid and i need to find this (laughs) this person searching high and low can't find shit about like the third person from the moisture farm he ends up at one of the like shady cantinas and it's just like who knows something about a moisture farmer and everyone's like i don't know shit and then another 
teenage like moisture farmer boy like gets scared and runs away and Boba does track this boy down and just like why did you run away tell me what you know (laughs) about the the boy on the moisture farm and he's just like I don't know shit he's just like you're lying to me and so the boy finally is just like okay his name was Luke Skywalker and I don't know anything else okay Boba's like okay I'll let you go but then he does kill that boy too so (laughs) Yeah, this is where he like he he actually he goes. He, I know he, he fights ends with up, Luke. And he, yeah, he, he ends up Luke. at he ends up at Obi Wan's old home because he's just like, okay, I heard that the the boy Luke Skywalker met up with like you know Ben Kenobi or as like some of like the locals from Tatooine. I think there were Rodians that Boba also killed them too, but they're just like, oh yeah, the, we only know about um crazy old Ben Kenobi who was like a space wizard or something and then so he goes to Obi-Wan's old shack and he's just like the boy will will definitely come here because you know he he was close with Kenobi so I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and Luke does show up and sees a bunch of Tusken Raiders unfortunately raiding Obi-Wan's home and um stops them makes them go away but then Boba Fett shows up and he throws a flash grenade at Luke so he blinds Luke and Luke and Boba have a fight where Boba's trying to capture Luke live because you know Vader's just like bring me the bring me the boy that was with Obi-Wan Kenobi Luke does manage to escape but Boba did like do a significant amount of damage I think to Luke this is round one between Luke and and Boba yeah he's like level one Luke um this This is is just like in succession Shut up. Okay, so also the reason why um Luke manages to escape is because he used the force or something where like a special little box that Obi-Wan left in that said for Luke Skywalker does like come flying towards Luke and Boba and hits Boba and knocks him unconscious. And then so Luke and R2 manage to escape and they're like, fuck it, let's get the fuck out of here. And so Boba goes back to Darth Vader. He's just like, sorry, I didn't get the boy. And then Vader's just like, hmm. So he's like, so you failed me. And he's like, well, I, I do have like some information for you. At least I found out the boy's name is Luke Skywalker, which is actually, I guess, how Vader's finds out that Luke is his son or like at least starts to it's, it's, it's realize most- something, something's com- going on here. It's one of the most famous moments, like, in the comics in general. Like, I remember people talking about it, and then I finally got to it, whatever, and I was like, oh, damn, like, I'm having one of those moments. It is one of those, like, very Star Wars kind of moments of, like, wow, we really don't know how X found out Y, and they have this moment of, like, Boba telling, Boba tells him, and then Vader, like, he doesn't, he doesn't, like, react in any way yeah he doesn't react he's just glass Boba just go. cracks the, the the glass of the window he's looking out just cracks and he's just like what <laughs> he's kind of just like okay you can leave now and boba's like okay, you're done that's weird you're done and i i have to i if we're getting into the era of boba working with vader i know many people have brought this up before but it's very like you do have to wonder i guess at this point, Boba's not really taking off his helmet around people or whatever, but his voice is pretty recognizable. Yeah, um, so, like, the head spe- camera people are like, does Vader keep going back to Boba because he thinks of Rex? I, it really makes me really sad. So, you know, a- after that, he's still working for Jabba, and then um, we move into War of the Bounty Hunters, which is 
what I actually know about because I actually read War of the Bounty Hunters. Like specifically the War of the Bounty Hunters comics. I did not read any of the other comics that were part of the crossover. Yeah, Boba on his little special mission or... No, he worked with Vader because Vader did assemble like the the Bounty Hunter squad where he's just like, um, go get fucking Han Solo for me. Thanks. And also Jabba wants Han Solo because, you know, Han Solo at the beginning of... Uh, of a new hope Jabba's just like Solo you piece of shit <laughs> what did you do with the stuff I asked you to get and Han d- did dump the like stuff he was smuggling for Jabba because like he was his ship was about to be raided by like Imperial so he's just like I don't want to get caught with this contraband more- and he's just like don't worry Jabba I'll pay you back and you know Han did not pay him back so that becomes like it becomes a huge plot point in in Star Wars and and, th- and they expand on it in the comics whatever but like it had to be a lot of fucking merch because Jabba the Hutt is so mad and willing to expend so much resources to the point where uh, Vader gets yeah. involved. Like, like Han Solo, it had to have been so much fucking money. That like, Han, to be... what did you do? <laughs> like, sir, how how big of a bag did you fumble? Like, like, it, like, it, like it's just like a commonly accepted part of Star Wars now, but you're like, Damn, when you look at it compared to everything else, like maybe they'll send one bounty hunter after somebody, whatever. Like, no. It sent like five. <laughs> they really said, I'm going to end this man's whole fucking career. Like, and it's not because they hate this man. It just, it had to be so much fucking money. Anyway, so yeah, uh, they're after Han Solo. You know, Han gets frozen carbonite. Boba's like, okay, I'm going to take Han. Thanks, Vader. Um, because, like, <laughs> This was part of our deal. I get Han Solo because I got to deliver him back to Jabba so I can get all that fucking cash money that was promised for this bounty. Material girl. Yeah, material girl. The carbonite starts like fucking up. So something's happening where Han's kind of like melting or something. I can't remember because it has been a few months since like the like issue zero of War of the Bounty Hunters dropped. But um, so Boba has to stop by. Um, a person it's like a a doctor's like place and be like hey what the fuck's going on why is this man melting i cannot deliver this man in his carbonite that's like all melting and they're like oh yeah shit like (laughs) something's fucked up here um i can fix it but also you need to like do something for me and so boba does have to enter this fun little arena thing i talked about this last week too where he he enters this a little a little tournament and he goes by the name Django like as an alias <laughs> and he, he deals with that and when he comes Which back is, he's it's very funny because it's like Django was a very famous bounty hunter like it's not yeah like... I mean but at this <laughs> it's point like, like Django been like passed away for like almost 20 years it's like Obi-Wan being like yeah my code name is Ben Kenobi <laughs> same last name yeah and the fact it's it is funny because they're just like oh yeah the mysterious mandalorian Django. but yeah after he um beats that thing and deals with that he goes back and um uh oh the the guy who was like supposed to be fixing han solo has um passed away and han solo has been taken and boba's just like hmm so at this point jabba places a bounty on Boba's head because he's just like uh, Boba Fett was supposed to deliver Han Solo and Boba Fett has not delivered so now I'm putting a bounty on Boba Fett's head and it again makes you wonder how much money 
did Han Solo cost Jabba the Hutt? Where Jabba is willing to not only put a bounty on on Han, but also now on on his one of his best people, Boba Fett. Yeah, so Boba is just like, okay, fuck, I gotta like find Solo. He has to deal with other like fuckers coming after him too, like um, my enemy Zuckus, <laughs> who does come after him with his um, funky little droid for for long. For Loam, I fucking don't know how to pronounce the little droid's name. They um, try to fight Boba. Boba and him are like having their little conversation, and Zuckus is just like, uh, he's like, no, Bet, don't, don't kill me. And he's just like, I can, I can read your future. He's like, just know, like, you're gonna, you're gonna perish. And like, what is the exact quote? It's something that like definitely makes you be like, oh, he's talking about the Sarlacc pit. And Boba's just like, fuck you. That's not gonna happen because I'm Boba Fett and I'm unkillable. And then um, he goes back, he gets to, to Jabba's palace and he's just like, hey, Jabba, what the fuck? Why are these people trying to kill me? Why did you put a bounty on my head? Except Jabba is not there. It's only Bib Fortuna. Jabba's left because he got an invitation from... <laughs> Turns out Crimson Dawn, they're just like, oh yeah, we have Han Solo and we're going to give it to Jabba the Hutt. And Boba Fett's just like, not if I can have anything to say about that. That was my bounty. Fuck everyone else. And uh, they all end up at the Crimson Dawn like auction where like, you know, Kira's just like, it's me. <laughs> it's like, hey, but you thought you'd seen the last of me, but it's she's me. here and she's girl bossing. Everyone's there and they're like, yeah. And they're like, we're having a an auction for Han Solo and then Jabba the Hutt like I think if I remember is like spends almost like two million or was it two billion like credits or something on like Han Solo but then Vader shows up and just like no I get Han Solo he's like we're taking Han Solo back and then Boba Fett's just like what the fuck he's like Han Solo was mine he eventually gets Han back the rest of the Hutt cartel is like um, starting a, a fight with Vader because they're just like, the Imperials are not taking the Hutt seriously. And I guess um, Vader does wipe out all of the Huts, which leaves um, Jabba as the last Hut and the sole person in charge of the, the Hutt syndicate. And Boba finally comes back to Jabba with Han Solo. And it's just like, here, I got him. <laughs> He's like, now why the fuck did you put a bounty on my head? And Jabba's like, haha. <laughs> nothing personal you're still my bestie boba and boba's just like whatever give me my fucking money (laughs) then we are finally at the events of return of the jedi where you know everyone has come they set up their little plan to rescue han solo except you know Bobo was, I guess, the one who suggested, hey, just throw the guy in the pit because he's not worth all the fucking trouble he's put us through. And so Jabba's like, yeah, let's throw, throw him in the pit. Woo. Except you know how that turns out. Luke shows up in his Chanel boots. Round two of Luke versus Boba Fett, where uh, Luke wins again. Except this time Boba ends up in the Sarlacc. And now... Finally, Noah, take us away. So after Bobber goes and jumps in the Sarlacc pit, he gets suggested for a little bit. We don't know the full details of how he escapes or how he gets rehabilitated. Mel's favorite theory that is also mine is that he gets helped out by the Tuscans because they're wonderful. But he shows up. Okay, I have not watched The Mandalorian since it came out. He shows up in season two, right? 
It is season one. Okay, Wig. Din is conscripted to help this gay little annoying man hunt down Fennec Shand. And basically Din is like, she's too much of a MILF. We will not survive against fighting her. And this guy's like, I don't know who that is. So I don't care. And basically they go to fight Fennec and she proves to be too much of a MILF for them. Like she almost kills Din and this other guy whose name I refuse to remember, and thus I will not Toro say. Toro Calican. Sure. Um, <laughs> Reject tiny meat gang member. Yeah. So. Knock off Pete David. <laughs> Shout Pete out for, to Din for being like, I know my limits. I'm A lesbian is too powerful for me. Din really said, I know work. my women, and she's, I, we can't do this. But anyway, um, they do eventually get the drop on Fennec, and then Din is like, I'm going to go get something really fast. I hope you don't betray me. And then Fennec is like, I'm a MILF and you should betray him for me. And he's like, that's persuasive enough. That works. So he makes a plan to do that. But then Din's like, I'm smarter than the average bear. And I figured it out. And then he, he, I believe, shoots Fennec in the stomach. He does some fucked up to her stomach earlier. So So what happens is Fennec is like, we should team up against your little bounty hunter friend because his little green bitch that he's hanging out with is very important. And so Toro's like, so true, bestie, kills her because he's like, I just want that money. Tee hee hee. Uh, but whoopsies, that didn't work. Yeah. And then um, at the end of that episode, Boba shows up and is like, hey, do you want a new stomach? Boba, like the shot in it is just like, you don't even see him. You just, you see like him. A man is in a cloak and is like a, man... like a new stomach. Yeah. He's like. He, and you like... hear that. Iconic spurs of Boba Fett. Yeah, and he has like he has like the stuff across his back, whatever. And everyone's like oh, Boba Fett, and, and that was when everyone was like, he survived. And then we don't know how he survived. And then the next time we see anything related to him is the Cobb Vanth episode. That was crazy. I was just gonna say. <laughs> oh fuck! Sorry. <laughs> I don't actually care. Um, I I will say if you want an example of me being a real dumb bitch of a Star Wars fan, uh, because the Mandalorian was like when I got back into star wars on a real level um i did not know who that was i was like there's some i was i was like there's some guy here for that's crazy i was like wow no i was literally like whose uncle is that what is happening i was like they're just a man wonderful it's Grogu's yeah. uncle at that point in time uh i'd only seen the sequels and like then i was watching the mandalorian as it was coming out and i was just like i don't understand <laughs> yeah um oh, no. anyway the next time that he shows up is the episode where my favorite gay little cowboy is introduced and before you clock me yes technically Cobb Vance from the aftermath book but i haven't read it the point is there's a gay little cowboy named Cobb Vance this way by timothy oliphant and it's really funny because Nothing, I don't know what they what the costume designers unless they knew what they were doing, but he's wearing Boba's old armor. Furthermore, me not being a bad Star Wars fan, I was like, wow, that's some cool armor. Sure wonder who it belongs to. <laughs> like, same no same. I was no, like, okay. I, I was did like, know, I know that it was here. Boba Fett's he, armor. He, he like they they pan I don't know if they like teased this before the episode, but like they panned up and they see the armor, and I was like how dare you stand my like i got viscerally and personally angry yeah i didn't know who it was so i saw Cobb and i was like he's very sexy to me and then i was like oh my god there's armor here however because timothy oliphant is a significantly like like he's a tiny dude he just is so he wears boba's armor and he looks like he the only word that comes to mind is just twink like i'm sorry 
but that's what he looks like. And like he does this gay little thing with his hips where he like stands. <laughs> he, but so does Din. Mel, Mel is doing the pose. No, it's so gay. And then Din says the iconic line, take it off or I will, which I don't care what anyone tells me. That's homosexuality right there. That whole episode has such it's very a gay. gay amount of energy. Like the two it's of them, Cub I'm like... Cowboy. And cowboys are gay and I'm gay and I love cub man. That's my feel. Yeah. Anyway, um, Din helps him kill a dune worm. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I love dune. I love Alaskan bullworm. This, this is the episode where we finally respect Tuskins. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, this is actually the episode where Star Wars is like, what if we respected people's culture and learned <laughs> wait, about it? Wait, we've just realized that the Tuscans are indigenous. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Also, they do communicate in something uh, in something between sign language and spoken language. And as someone who does know ASL, it was very fun to see them sign. They're not English sign words, but I was like, oh, this is fun because I actually have the dynamics of sign language. Anyway, um, Cobb Vanth eats a weird apple and hangs out with Din. They kill a worm, and then uh, Cobbanth is like, I'm in love with you, and Din's like, that's cool. I want that armor, though. And then, at the end of the episode, it pans up, back to that guy from the Fennekshin episode. <laughs> and my ass is still like, damn, I wonder who that is. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no. Like, I'm watching The Mandalorian, no thoughts, head empty. I literally, I'm like, that's crazy. Anyway, so the the narrative continues, um, and then I believe the next episode that Bobo shows up in is the one where Din Civic gets blown up. So basically, <laughs> Din, Din takes Gogurt and is like, I have to go put you on this magic rock because Ahsoka Jedi lady told me to put you on it and that you would send out an instant message to all the Jedi around. And so Grogu's like, hi, my dad is single, emotionally damaged, and needs someone to look after me who's Force-sensitive. And Luke Skywalker was like, I'm the man for the job. However, during this period of time, um, stormtroopers show up and they're like, we have to blow up that civic. Like, w- the time has come. Um, because Moff Gideon's like, I want the little green bitch that I need in my ship. <laughs> like, right now. Ma- and Moff, then, Moff Gideon's like, I want that little green bitch obliterated. Yeah, <laughs> literally. And it is then that Boba shows up in full glory, uh, wielding, I believe it is called a gaffy stick. Um, but it's this wonderful uh, bludgeoning weapon. Fennec is there being a girl boss. I need you to know that at this point, I'm still like, damn, I wonder who that is. So this all happens. And then Gogurt is like still sitting on the magic rock being like, are you looking for hot single dads in your area? And then that's what's happening. Mel has informed me that the Gabby stick is a Tuscan weapon, which is wonderful because my hope for the book of Boba Fett, which is informed by the trailers, is that Boba hangs out with the Tuscans and actually like, I don't know, respects their autonomy as a group of people. So Boba gets his armor back in a fun sequence of events. He puts it on and I go, do you ever wonder? <laughs> The way and, and I are I, just I, the same people. And he, like, he's like, and he goes, I am Boba Fett. And I'm like, oh, it's Boba Fett. <laughs> Wait, the, funny, <laughs> the funniest part about that episode, though, is that, like, he doesn't he, like, stop mid-battle to put it on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he disappears like, because um, uh, Din's just like, oh, fuck, my, my wontons. Yeah, because Grogu, Grogu is still posting ads that are, like, hot single dads in your area. He, he does, um, like, Griffin McElroy. Oh, no, I forgot my boy. That's basically what happens. And then Boba's like, I'm Boba Fett. And I was like, oh, Boba Fett? And then I was like, oh, wow. I actually love this person and this character. Tem does some sick-ass shit. Fennec does some shit, some sick-ass shit. And then Moff Gideon steals a little green bitch and blows up Din's car. And Boba's like, damn, that sucks. Anyway, um, no, Boba is like, 
I owe you a debt for getting my armor back because it's like a big uh, cultural thing. And he's like, I will help you rescue your son because your car did just get blown up. And I'm really sorry about that. Before Gogurt gets stolen um, and before he gives him the armor, like they do have a they do have a moment of like, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? I asked you first. I asked you second. And the armor is on his ship. And Bo yeah. is just like, give me my fucking armor. And Dinja is like, I don't even know who the fuck you are. Are you a Mandalorian? Yeah, they, they literally go. He's like, are you a Mandalorian? He's like, are you? The, that part is important because he like, and that's when they're like, are you sure? Whatever. And they like, they can, they make a deal specifically for, for the arm or whatever, but that's the part where he's like, in order to prove to Din that he is a Mandalorian, like he taught, like, I don't know. He, he talks about his father or, or like, that's the point where he's like, I'm just a simple man making my way through the galaxy. And he's like, that was my father's armor. And I, that's like a big moment of like, yeah, he's, hi, I'm Boba Fett. I'm addressing that my father's dead. Like, they just drop that out of nowhere, kind of. And I think that's kind of why it's a, a really cool and impactful moment. He starts it with the fatherhood thing, and then Grogu gets stolen from 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 Din, and it's just, like, it it all ties together really well. Whenever I think of the scene of Boba, like, showing um Din the little, like, code things, being like, oh, yeah, see? Here's my dad, Jango Fett, and this is me. Boba Fett. I do think of an edit I saw on TikTok where someone edited uh, Boba being like, see, this is my father, Jango Fett. And then <laughs> instead of showing all the like Mandela like names in like the little hologram, it's the freaking Tem when he was uh, Jango doing a little <laughs> singing in the rain dance with the umbrella. <laughs> and then he's like, this is me. And it cuts to like the freaking Boba Fett character actor from <laughs> From Disney doing a little dance. It's like, this is me, Boba Fett. This all comes back to what I was talking about in the Clone Wars episode of Boba having that shift of revenge means nothing if you don't have honor. Like, if you don't, like, if you don't have some type of, like, code, you're not going to find closure. And so it being about fatherhood and it being about family is just, like, he's, like, breaking a cycle that he is putting himself through, and I love that. Oh my god, Fast and Furious moment. (laughs) (laughs) Not Vin Diesel Boba Fett, get out! The verbiage of what Boba promises to help Din with is very interesting, because he does not promise, I will help you kill Moff Gideon, it's, I'll help you get your son back. Which is, I mean, he doesn't say son, at least my memory, but like, very, very different goals. Um, Very, very powerful. Very, very homosexual, but that's just me. And I've always said that. Going back to Boba, like saying like, you know, this is, this was my father, Django Fett. And this is me, Boba Fett. And Din being like, oh, you're a foundling, which Boba doesn't like exactly like tell like, didn't know I was not a foundling. <laughs> but he's just like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but like them having, Din probably feeling like, oh yeah. He's like, me too. Me too. I was also a foundling. And them <laughs> the having idea- a, a moment. The idea of Boba being like, yeah, my dad found me in my decanter. The long and short of it is that uh, Din and Boba go and see one Bo-Katan because Din is like, I want to get my son back, but I don't have a car. Um, did I miss something? Yeah, you yeah, skipped the, the uh, part where Mayfeld is like, I'm a fucked up guy from Boston. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> it is Boba, like, anyways. You d- you skip the part about how they explain like why is Fennec hanging around with him? And he's like, oh by the way, I picked her up. She's alive, and uh, we're besties. She's a now. milf, and we're besties. Um, she owes two me pretty best friends. Kind of. It like, literally is two pretty best friends. Like, well, he's basically, and Din is like, fuck is she doing here, and why is she alive? And he's like, she owes me. 
and we're we're just we and just then she like now. shows Fennec is like look at my belly <laughs> look how fucked up my belly is <laughs> the large thing that I remember is they basically go and they try to make they take all the they they make a little rogues gallery for Den to go storm Moff Gideon's little gay the gay little light, light cruiser um, and that includes Migs Mayfeld the fucked up guy from Boston. Um, and then they also go to Bo-Katan and they're like, wouldn't you like a light cruiser? And she's like, I'd rather be a racist. Uh, and that is what happens because basically Boba is like, the Empire turned that planet to glass. And she's like, you're a clone. And he's like, I mean, yes, but not like the way that you think. <laughs> like, Django was my dad. And she says, don't you mean your donor? And he's like, I will literally kick your ass in this bar. <laughs> and then him and Koskari's fight there's a fun quote. I build this is not where he says careful princess. Um, it is. Oh no, it's power up those shields princesses. That's a different quote. Anyway, the point is Boba Fett has a very sexy voice. Um, that's what really matters here. Uh, they fight. Then Din is like, this is really not productive because we do need to get my son back and it doesn't really matter. They all board a ship together. Uh, a certain character who unfortunately passed away between seasons, Gina Carano. <laughs> I like how you didn't give her her name. You were just like Gina Carano. Yeah. I don't know the character. She died. Um, Oh my God. The Death Star 3 blew up and it killed Cara Dune. Yeah. the only person. Yeah. This is the part where they go to um, that little, that gay little Imperial base, right? No. Okay. So this is, you've, you've kind of mixed the events. I've jumped around. Yeah. So basically they are like, we need, um, they need to get Grogu's location, where Moff Gideon's ship is. So they break into this Imperial base using Migs Mayfeld, who was a former former Imperial. Get all that info. Now they know where the fuck Grogu is. They're like, bye, you bald bitch. Ditch Migs. They then just, they, like, leave him there. Like, oh, they literally like, away, bye. They're like, oh, damn. Anyways. Well, that is that is also one of Boba's funniest moments. Uh, well, Boba with Din's Because they're like, moments. oh, yeah, you... Like, you He's need like, um, to access the, the codes thing, but you have to, like, you know, it's, like, face scanner. Like, Oh, no, I was talking about the moment, I, I think, is it at the beginning or is it the, it's, it's at the beginning when they pick Migs Mayfeld up? He's like, oh, a Mandalorian, thank God it's not like, the other God, one, I, mean, I know. <laughs> and then Din is like, surprise, shut it! <laughs> it's very funny. But basically that happens, then they link up with Casca and Bo. Also, wait a minute, this episode has... My favorite Boba line of all time, which yeah, is which... the funniest line in all of Star Wars. They might recognize my face is the funniest moment in all of Star Wars. Because Fennec is in there like, <laughs> and Tim's like, I don't get it. <laughs> and, and like, it's, it's, it's truly, it's so good. I will say, uh, in that moment, I really was Din because for the last season and a half, I've been like, so who is this guy? I don't, Aww. I do not recognize him. I don't I, know who he is. I, um, I laughed so hard when that happened that I had to pause the episode for 30 minutes. At that point, I had like um, looked up everything and had like started like rewatching like Star Wars things. So I was just like, oh yeah, I get it because he's a clone. Anyway, the long and short of the rest of this is this is not really a Din episode. This is a Boba episode. Um, they go to Moff Gideon's light cruiser. He says some very sexy lines about powering up shields. Uh, they blow some shit up, and then he's like, cool, I'm going to go to Tatooine, and then I'm going to take over Jabba's palace, which is the last thing that we see him do uh, in the in the continuity. Um, presently, he also pulls a wonderful man-spreading moment on the throne, as he should, while Fennec uh, takes a pull of Spouchka as an icon. And that is basically a 
four and a half hour run through of Boba Fett's life. Yeah, we he's a fun it. guy. He's a bounty hunter. Uh, he's green. That's These are all fun attributes. Just like um, Roku. <laughs> yeah. That said, the thing that I'm most interested in seeing in the book of Boba Fett is the tension between his goals as like an underground mob boss type and his very reformed thoughts on like uh, vengeance, cycles of violence, et cetera, et cetera. Because Boba as a character up to this point is just defined by violence. And I'm that he that he had that whole line in the trailer of like I want to rule with respect. I don't think that that's like a fun line. I think that he's very much trying to be like, what if I didn't define the latter half of my life by being a horribly violent person? And I want to see them confront that because I feel like TV shows in general, but like Star Wars especially, just has a discomfort with characters that do bad things. Boba is objectively a killer uh, on many 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 levels. And I would like to see them address that if he's trying to move towards a more peaceful existence. Um, and also if the Tuscans are not involved, I will become the Joker. Like I explained earlier when I went on my long tangent about Boba's uh, life during the original trilogy timeline, he did kill a bunch of people, like a lot of people. <laughs> so I also like Leave him see... alone. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was just um in a silly, goofy mood when that happened. <laughs> No, this is why I like um we'll say yeah, Boba was an antagonist character and like he's like become a protagonist, but we're like, is he a hero? <laughs> I wouldn't particularly say that yet. Uh, but you know, yeah, I'd like to see him also like slowly move towards that like reform of like I will no longer or at least I'm not gonna be like the same foolish young man I was who was um very angry all the time and murdering people and I'd also like yeah to see him dealing with like his identity issues of like being a clone and his daddy issues honestly I do really want to see him approach uh what it means to be a Mandalorian because Bo-Katan is a bitch about it and like I don't know Something about that makes me emotional. But like, I I would like him to confront what his culture actually means to him and like how he practices it. That's that's something I'm interested in seeing. They've said that the Book of Boba Fett is essentially like the next season of The Mandalorian and it's within that thing. And they introduce him in The Mandalorian not only to, you know, it's supposed to be a wider thing about what it means to be Boba Fett show to be about Boba Fett, not to be... Off of the Mandalorian. Well, but 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 the point is that it's the Mandalorian could apply to many people, and he's one of them. Um, and because he <laughs> the spinoff, a Mandalorian. Yeah, but but here's <laughs> the thing: is he was the original one, and he was the first one we saw in in Star Wars, whatever. And so for all this time, we've seen it through Din and Din trying to figure it out. And now we're going to see it through Boba, who's the original per the original Mandalorian. And if if now that we're in the driver's seat with the original Mandalorian and we're going to determine what does it mean in canon to be a Mandalorian through Boba's identity I think that would be the perfect way to do it especially since we've covered what does Mandalorian identity mean for Sabine Wren uh for quite some time and all that kind of stuff I think that would be interesting I will become the Joker if we do not address his sister Omega (laughs) at least briefly mention her like how they briefly mentioned him in in the fucking Bad Batch where they're just like oh yeah Alpha aka Boba Fett 
Yeah, whoopsies, I did forget in my overview because it ended up becoming eight fucking years long. Um, Boba does have what is technically a sister. Uh, her name is Omega. Um, she is also an un... That is not her name. Her name is Omega. Sorry, Omega. Um, <laughs> she's Omega. I can't with that. Um, she's also an unaltered co uh, clone of Django, um, but they didn't know each other. And so it's interesting. Also, Fennec Shand knows Omega. So like, will that get addressed through Fennec of being like, hey, so like, whatever happened to your sister? And Boba being like, pardon? And Fennec knows that, right? She's one of the few people who knows. I don't know if she like knows all the details. I just know that she knows because she was hired through fucking... I believe the extended chronology yeah, there is there is an important clone that we like to reacquire. Yeah. I would say I think it'd be funny if Omega showed up and Fennec's like, oh my god, Omega. And she's like, that's my brother. And she's and Fennec's like, he's what? Fennec's like, oh, a lot of shit makes sense now. I would like Fennec Shand to do the Boba chin, chin touch. touch. Please, God. That's all I ask for. I think my main thing going into Book of Boba Fett that I would like that hasn't already kind of been discussed here um, is that like Boba for many years has been kind of like this random quote unquote glove shitto that like a lot of like toxic fanboys have like attached themselves to have kind of like romanticized in their heads of like this is what a man should be. Um, and kind of like glorifying like that, like kind of like toxic ma masculinity mentality of like, oh, he's like oh, this violent guy who's like, shoot first, ask questions later, whatever. Um, and so getting to see him as a more thoughtful and nuanced character who is like, actually, I have these morals and values that I am going to do, I'm going to align myself with and that might not be make me like the most like, shooty bad guy or like shooty badass guy, whatever. Uh, but I'm still gonna like, you know, have my more morally gray shit going on, fun, whatever, good for him. So I'm really excited for that. And then I'm also really excited to see whatever grows of his relationship with Fennec because I'm just excited at the potential of just seeing a man and a woman get to be friends in Star Wars. Um, I, um, I am, this is my problematic opinion, I am a Bobenic shipper, but I would be more than happy if it was just platonic and they just got to be two people who respected each other, um, and, like, just got to see two adult people get to be friends in Star Wars. Also well, two non-white people leading a Star Wars show. Period! Older non-white people as Older well. Older non-white people and a fucking indigenous man. Anyways. So if you if you draw clones at all and you draw them as white, fucking I am, stop. Yeah, I'm also legally required to throw hands with you. <laughs> Welcome. This is a newer segment. This is the second time we're doing it. It's called eBay Adventure. Ollie, our fifth co-host who is not here today, um, originated it. Basically, I think of it as kind of like the Price is Right meets Pawn Stars meets Star Wars merch. Um, I have gone on eBay and I have found some fun Star Wars merch. And my, my fellow co-hosts are going to have to guess, based on what I tell them about it, how much it's going to be. Um, if you want to see the images, like the things that they're trying to guess the price of, on social media, we will post what's up. So, that being said, are we ready? So, the first listing is for Star Wars 1979 Kenner Boba Fett AFA 85NM+. There is no <laughs> real description. Um, it's not in its original packaging. It's just like 
He's like in this like he's almost in like plastic carbonite, if that makes sense. I'm gonna send a, an image to you guys so you can see. So that's the image. How much do we think that that is? What year did what you say it was from? It is 1979, I believe. Yes. I'm going for a thousand dollars. I'm gonna say, I don't know. I feel like it's lower than a thousand, but I higher than a hundred. How about like two fifty? Maybe three something. Hmm. Because it is from a long time ago, and it is Boba Fett, and it doesn't. It, it doesn't looks look in pretty good too condition. bad. It looks yeah. like it's in good condition, but I don't know if I want to go all the way to a thousand. So I think I'm gonna go with seven hundred. The asking price for this is five hundred and forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Damn it! I sh- I was thinking five hundred at first, and then I went up because Boba Fett's special to me. For that. You are the closest, Noah. You are the closest. I love winning things. (laughs) The next one is Unrestored Ben Obi-Wan Kenobi 38250 Star Wars 1977 Loose Figure Vintage Kenner. Um, I'm going to send you a series of images because this is just really something. Um, I'm going to read you the description from the, the seller. They say, Figure is unrestored and has not been cleaned. Some part of the paint is coming off of the figure. See photos. And the joints are good. Chew damage to the head. Lightsaber is present and extends. Tip of the lightsaber missing. Please refer to the pictures provided as they are an essential part of this listing and show more detail to the condition of the item. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. He looks like a cheesestick. <laughs> he looks like a cheddar cheesestick with a hat attached to the top. Why does that look like Craig Dooku? <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm like, damn, you look like Craig Dooku went through a meat grinder. You look so haggard. For any new listeners, we do call Count Dooku Craig. Yeah, because that's his name. Here's the thing. Intellectually, I know that this is made of plastic, but instinctually, I think it's made of wood. (laughs) That's what it looks like. I'm going for $50. I'm going to say... (laughs) Sorry, God, I, forgot about, I forgot about my favorite of the Fell images. Over, no. No. Okay. Honest, what year is this from? Um, let me check one more time. It's also from... did the seller say that he had shoe damage to that? He said chew damage, like someone chewed on him. Okay, um, I'm gonna say 1977. I'm gonna say 45. I know the the thing's fucked up, but it is from like the 1970s. I'm gonna stay with with seven, so I'm going to seventy. Okay, I hate to tell you, you're all so deeply wrong. It is, it is, um, I believe one cent or best offer currently. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. However, I still win this round because I had low. No, because you, no, you went over. You or best offer. Offer. Okay, yeah. You did not say best offer. But you didn't say or best offer. That's true. I do like the Wait. idea of seeing that and being like forty-five dollars. No, literally, I was like, what penny. are you guys on? Or best offer can also be an option. Well, I guess I'll be adding that. Oh my god. I'm okay. I don't know why. I just thought because I'm like, oh, it's old and it's Star Wars. But then I, you know, I, I think about it and I'm like, at that point, why would yeah. you sell him? Why don't you want him in your life? Because he's cursed. I think he was chewed by the devil or something. And so <laughs> this is the real Annabelle doll. <laughs> yeah, this is the real Annabelle doll. This is being sold from like Ed and Lorraine Warren's locked glass <laughs> case. Here's this next guy. 
This is 1979 prototype rocket firing Boba Fett exclamation point question mark. Hi, Star Wars fans and collectors. So I've had this rocket firing Boba Fett for two years now in my collection, and I'm unsure if it's the real thing and I don't have the money to get it authenticated. So I'm listing it for someone who can get it authenticated. I believe it's the real thing. It seems like the real thing. I got this from a collector that found it in the wild. In in the wild? <laughs> like, in the wild is such a funny phrase. Like he was walking down the street and he was like, <gasps> it's Boba Fett. Okay, also for context, because I know Claudia and Jess haven't seen the special on Boba Fett, this toy is like heavily sought after. This is like, there was only a certain amount of them made because the fact that he can fire a little guy like made it very I was about to expensive. say it was like because it said prototype but I'm like that word mm, I'm not gonna lie I feel that I should like actually highball the fuck out of this and be like uh anywhere between two and ten thousand dollars is my my guess for this guy $100. or best offer hundred dollars if this was like something that there's only a limited amount you said that was made and like but he doesn't know if it's authentic or not that's true uh okay noah went really high i just like causing drama i love it was like two dollars <laughs> um POV, i'm slamming wads of cash out of this poor guy's table like give me this and he's like i would have taken a dollar what, uh, what was your answer again claudia one hundred dollars hmm we're going 700 again Okay, well, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news. This gentleman is asking for $175,000. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I love being right. I love. Okay. Okay. You didn't get the number right still. I still was close. Oh, you were. It wasn't Orbis offer. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing, though, um, because. And under the helmet, which I believe is the name of the Boa Fett documentary, um, there, they're like there are like maybe eight of these, I believe. Like it's a very, very, very small number. And this guy was touring his like giant Star Wars toy collection, and he was like, "This is my prized possession." No, literally, he had like like a huge fucking gallery of toys, and he was like, "This little guy, <laughs> this little unpainted man." The true Woba. This is like White Vision in Marvel Comics. Stop. Get White Vision out of here. Are you ready for the last of the evening? Yeah. This guy doesn't have a description. It's just Star Wars, The Clone Wars, The Rise of Boba Fett, Ultimate Battle Pack, Hasbro 2010. This is from 2010? Boba Starship. It's in its original packaging, too. It has Woba. I was about to say it does have Woba. Is that Rex on the packaging? They have have Woba, Rex, not Rex, Woba, Bosk, Mace, Anakin, and Mace's droid? And one clone helmet? I was about to say, like, that is a clone helmet up there, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's a clone helmet. Don't know from who. Um, It also says it includes uh, Mace Windu's Starfighter. Okay, because here's what I don't know. Because... This this kind of stuff, the value goes up if there's less of them. So I don't know how many of these that were made, but it's from 2010. So I'm going to say a number between zero and $7,000. somewhere. In that. That's a fucking cop out, but okay. <laughs> I know. I'm actually going to say like, I don't know, 
like maybe two to five hundred, like somewhere around oh there. Oh my god, you have to pick a number two hundred. Fine, I say I say two ten. I'm gonna go five hundred. Our best offer. <laughs> Stop. So it was six hundred dollars. Oh, I I get one. Yes. Finally. Six hundred oh, for me from twenty ten. Wait, that it's was in its original packaging. It's in its original packaging, and unfortunately, 2010 was nearing on 12 years it, ago. Yeah, it was I don't, uh, I'm not gonna ago. lie. I was like, that was like two years ago. That's crazy. I, <laughs> I can't believe it was that. only 10 years old in 2010. <laughs> I know. I'm like, yeah, we're 10 year olds on this podcast right now. This felt like a playground discussion. Anyways, thank you for playing eBay Adventure. So who won? I believe Noah, Noah may have won. I hate to be Noah. fair. I did uh, guess wildly incorrectly, but I was the least wildly incorrect. (laughs) Thank you for playing. Um, Let's get to name that ship. So for those who may not have listened in a while or who are new to listening, this is our most beloved uh, segment. We do it every week or almost every week where we take a fan fiction that one of us has found in our travels and we one of us presents it to the others and we have to guess what the main ship is. Um, and it can be any it can be any sort of wild premise, interesting mix of characters. Uh, we do this all in good fun, not to make fun of anyone. We think that fanfic writers are the backbone of this community, even if they're writing the absolute weirdest shit we've ever seen. So, um, again, if if you see something, don't don't go harass anybody. Um, again, this is for for funny haha games. The Star Wars fandom has just been around for so long and there are just so many characters that it's just like throwing them in a bag and using a blender. So let's this week we obviously is uh, Boba Fett related. Uh, So this is a fanfic um, that uh, actually it was that Mel found. So Mel will not be Mel will not be guessing. So I'll be getting Jess and Noah to guess. The title of this fic is... What's in a name? There's one relationship, character A slash character B. The characters and the rest of the characters are Aura Singh, Bosk, character B, and an assortment of various stormtroopers. Is one of the stormtroopers TK421? No, it's not. (laughs) Um... We also progenitors of Tarkin Talk here. Go read of MSC M- of MSC Six and Men from from a certain point of view, then you'll understand the importance of TK four two one, our gay icon. <laughs> Additional tags: alternate universe bounty hunters. Character A and Bosk, bro. TP. Character A's armor deserves its own tag. Character A teaches character B about bounty hunting. Mistaken identity. At Aura Singh, turn on your location. I just want to talk. The summary is. A badly injured character A asks for assistance in completing a job. Character B was only supposed to be a pilot. Are either of the characters a bounty hunter in the regular universe? Because this is an alternate universe. Uh, yes, one is a bounty hunter. Is or... one of them Django Fett? No. Is one of them Boba Fett? Yes. Okay. Is this a gay ship? Like, is it two men? Yeah, is yes. it gay? So Boba Fett and then someone from Clone Wars era or like original trilogy or what era is this um yeah so original trilogy rebellion empire era zeb stop get zeb out of here no were they in like 
uh, one of the cartoons or just live action? No, live action only. Is it Han Solo? No. Is it Darth Maul? No. Darth Maul is not in the original trilogy. He's around. Yeah, he's around. <laughs> Unfortunately, no, Maul has passed away in the original trilogy already. It's not Thrawn. I said oh Rebellion. Oh my god, he was. Wait, I said he's a Rebellion. only around in the desert where his body hold is. Hold on, hold on. I said, re- I said Rebellion and Empire Era. I did not say original trilogy. Oh, but they're only okay. in the movies, right? They're in... They're in live action. One or more movies. Migs Mayfield. Who could say? (laughs) Migs Mayfield out of here. He is not in a TV show. Okay. He's not in a TV show. Nine of. Nine of Admiral Akbar. (laughs) No. I will give you this. He's human. Chewbacca. Um, No. (laughs) Chewbacca is not human. (laughs) Is this Luke? No. Wait, yeah, sorry. Luke was in a a TV show. Oh, wait. are, Are they a Jedi? No. Are they force sensitive? No. Is it Grand Moff Tarkin? No. Get no. Tarkin out of here. No. Okay. So this character is not normally a bounty hunter. They're not force sensitive. They are only in movies. Wedge Antilles. No. Okay. Well, Ariana Grande is already here and it's a gay ship. So it can be her. Wait, is this person with the rebellion or with the empire? That changes. Bodie Rook. Yes! What? <laughs> that was a joke! Damn! That was a joke. <laughs> I hate it here. It's real! It's real! A badly injured Boba Fett asked for assistance in completing a job. Bodie Rook was only supposed to be a pilot. That is what it is. Um, That's, that's actually powerful. It's that's very powerful. powerful. It is one chapter of however many, however, it was posted in... November 2019 and then never updated. Shout out to COVID. Oh, come back. <laughs> uh, um, come back and finish it. Finish what you started. So, thank you so much for joining us this week for RuPalp's Pod Race. Episodes usually drop on Sundays. For updates, Star Wars news, and more cursed shit, follow us on our social media at RuPalp's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and, and TikTok. Also, I just want to say that once Book of Boba Fett starts, we will be re-entering our after-show era, and we will be discussing like episodes every week. If you um, really love the show, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts and or Podchaser. Even if you don't use them as your podcatcher, it means a lot to us. And may the Force be with you, and don't criff it up. Waka 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 waka. waka, waka.